Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. Moments from now, we're going to be joined by John Fields, the head coach of the National Champs from Texas. You were at home, Brentley, for two weeks, as you should as a new dad. Hopefully that's going well. Before we do a deep dive with Coach and on the back end, you and I will sort of wrap it all up. What were your reactions to what we saw uh, the past couple of days at Greyhawk? I thought there was a little bit of a little bit of fate, Burko. I mean, ten years ago, you had a, a Hollywood, you know, Hollywood ending for the Longhorns at Riviera in Los Angeles. You know, you can make a movie about that. We've already made an oral history about that. And then ten years later, in the Arizona desert, uh, just it just seemed like this team was was destined to win a national title at some point in the four years with Cole Hammer and the Cootie Twins and. For them to go through as much as they did, all the adversity, and not just this year, but their entire careers, and get the job done, I, I, it's just tr- truly remarkable, and uh, it's, it's storybook stuff. Yeah, you were bullish on the prospects for Texas to do that, so I give you a tip of the cap as they see it through a decade after the one in 2012. Uh, before we get to coach uh, college golf talk as each and every week brought to you by Velocity Global as they seamlessly connect employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance, expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries in all 50 United States. The world of work is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. And more than a 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. They rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global accelerating the future of work. To learn more, visit velocityglobal.com slash golf. And- Teats and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With that, we welcome in John Fields a two-time national championship winning coach at Texas. Always a pleasure, my friend. 
How has it been the last 36 to 48 hours since you and I were on the green at 18 and uh, the reception you've gotten uh, getting back to Austin? Well, first of all, let me thank you both for, for having me on this morning. Uh, uh, coming back to Austin with a national championship um, is, is very special at the University of Texas. It doesn't happen, but every so often. And, and uh, for it to happen to this team uh, was very gratifying. And, and then to get the reception that we have, it's a little bit overwhelming. I think I have like 700 texts and emails to, to return but uh, that just means that there's a lot of people that care about what we did and, and, and who we are. And, and we built that and appreciate that. And so I'm excited about our, our next few days here. Well, John, out of, out of those 700 texts, uh, I'm glad you were able to respond to the one asking you to come on this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that. But you, you uh, talked about on the broadcast yesterday about how you know, 10 years ago, there was this enormous amount of pressure on you, on the team, um, and and then f fast forward a decade, and you said there really wasn't any on these players and you. Can you just maybe expand a little bit more as to why you guys felt so free, um, especially considering that this was your quote-unquote last dance for these uh, three seniors? Well, I knew going back to 2019, 2018, um, August 2018, when we started with this team with Cole Hammer, Pearson Cootie, and Parker Cootie. Cole Hammer had just come off a spectacular run, winning the medal at the Western Amateur and then winning the golf tournament. And then getting the medal as a, as a medalist at, at the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. Why not? And, uh, and then getting beat by Victor Hovland in the, in the, uh, in the, semifinals of the u.s amateur so and then pearson cootie had, had a great summer parker cootie had, had a great summer and they were all three freshmen and they came in with enthusiasm and that lit us up all the way to a finals against stanford which we lost and arguably weather had a lot to do with that because we only got from uh from 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 winning the state of oklahoma beating Oklahoma in the morning and then beating Oklahoma State in the afternoon and finishing at 9 o'clock and thinking we're going to play at 2 o'clock the next afternoon and finding out, no, you're going to play at 6.45 a.m. and uh, you're going to need to get up at 4.45 to make that work meant that we weren't going to get any rest. So I felt that was, that was one of the obstacles, and we didn't get over that one. And then 2019 rolls along, and, and we're – we're about to drop the hammer, no pun intended, but we had won and, and, and Pearson Parker Cootie had won out in Las Vegas and we're getting ready to really go and COVID hits and the world shuts down and the music stopped. And then last year I was so angry with what had happened the year before, whether it was just golf itself or the, the administration or the big 12 or a lot of opportunities were had to be fought for and some were lost and and I felt like even Pearson Cootie lost his opportunity to play in the U.S. Open because of some decisions that were made so I wanted to maximize every opportunity that those guys could get what that did is I rolled the dice and they ran out of gas and we had a disaster at at uh, Scottsdale last year but we left with the intention to come back and to win and that served to put a lot of pressure on us because 
when you have to play a regional and, and then the good Lord sent us to Oklahoma, amazingly. Of course, that was where we qualified in 2012. Yeah, but we second to Washington. Yeah, plus plus we get uh, we get Oklahoma at their best, and and uh, we managed to get through there. So that they overcome a tremendous amount of pressure there, and then there's a lot of pressure to get past the top 15, and then there's a lot of pressure to get to the elite eight. But once that happened, and I think once they had the great round in the third round of the of the, of the 72 hole medal this week, uh, that, that dropped all the pressure. And the, the last day of medal play, they went out there with a freedom that I had never seen them have. And it was meant marginally, there was no pressure on us at that point. There was just go play golf. And they did that and they shot three under par and beat the field by seven shots. And then in the match play, I, I believe coach a bear and I really, uh, had great communication and came up with some really good matchups, which is your opportunity as a coach with that president stuff, president cup uh, format and picking the, the matches, but they went out there and played free golf. And uh, I don't know for you guys, it would be like just having maybe the best show you've ever had the cleanest show you've ever had and, and not worrying about anything other than the one thing you have in front of you right now. And, I truly believe that's what my team did. I wish I had a way to bottle that. It doesn't come along very often, but this one was pure joy. Yeah, you referenced, John, with me that that final day of stroke play might have been the best round you've ever seen from any Texas Longhorn team. I agree with you. I mean, you're starting that day on that 7-8 bubble, average score somewhere in the neighborhood of 8-10-12 over. If you guys go that way, you're in huge trouble. I think uh, to your point, it sort of gave that ultimate belief of mission accomplished, let's go. But as you just documented the last three years, the ups and downs, the missed opportunities, how much throughout these last few months did you think, oh my gosh, maybe this isn't going to happen? No disrespect to the talent and the belief, but as time was running out, how much did you say, man, oh man, that this might not occur. I've had two, two times this has happened to me. One was, uh, I believe it was the 2017 Palmer cup. And I've got an unbelievable team. I've got Sam Burns. I've got Doug Gim. I've got Maverick McNeely. I've got Colin Morikawa and on and on and on. That's an all-star team. And I told my team at the beginning of the year, I felt the same way with that team that I feel with this team. And that is, it's a heavy burden and a heavy responsibility for a coach. When you know that you have the team that can absolutely do what you want to accomplish, which is to win the national championship. And I had hoped that we would have a clean year, but we didn't, it didn't happen. We had all kinds of obstacles uh, that we had to overcome. And, and uh, it culminated in December when Parker and Pearson Cootie both simultaneously uh, cracked the radial tip of their right elbow and were out for another three months. And at that point, you're just wondering, is this going to happen? But to, to be honest with you, at that moment when it did happen, I thought it was a God thing. I thought it was like, okay, what that's going to do is that's going to 
reinvigorate Cole Hammer. It's going to reinvigorate Travis Vick and Mason Nome. They are going to have to be leaders, and they can't rely on the cooties. And further, it's going to give other kids an opportunity to play, and we're probably going to be exposed as a team, and we were. I think we finished 10th in Hawaii. We finished 8th in California. And that's not where we wanted to be, and that's not where Cole Hammer wanted to be in his senior year. But that's where we were, and we kept the faith. And then when Parker came back in Tucson, we actually had a great tournament in Las Vegas uh, without the two cooties. We finished third, and that was dynamic. And then we finished second in Tucson, and that's when Parker came back. And then the dynamite went off when Pearson Cootie came back. And what I mean by that is he came back with so much enthusiasm, more than he had as a freshman, and he just lit it up at – at Augusta College's tournament and won by a substantial amount. And absolutely, we were able to win that tournament by 20 shots over Oklahoma State. At that point, you have to believe, okay, this is different. This is going to be really good coming down the stretch. And it was. We didn't win every tournament. But uh, with every tournament win, we did build on our confidence. And with every tournament loss, uh, because there are great teams out there. We took a tremendous amount of of uh, strength from those as well. Now, John, the uh, team room will be a little bit quieter. You won't hear as many arguments over the ping pong table with the, the cooties turning pro, but could you go through each of these three guys, Cole and Pearson and Parker, and maybe pinpoint one characteristic or one thing that you're going to miss most about them and having them in Austin? Well, truthfully, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and, and, and a lot of it was because of um, Burko asking me these questions and then, and then rehashing them in my mind and, and thinking about what is it. I, I, I've got three assistant coaches there. These three guys have so much experience. They've won Western Amateurs. They've been to semifinals of U.S. Amateur. They've played in PGA Tour events, and Cole Hammer played in multiple major championships, and so has Pearson Cootie. And and from time to time, I would bring them in. That's my three amigos. I would bring them in the office and we would discuss what, what the team needed to do and, and what John Fields needed to do. I always told him, tell me what you think and don't, don't hold back. And uh, many times they told me, Hey coach, we think you need to do this. And we think you need to do that. And, and early in the, in the fall, they came in and they said, we, we want you to really be engaged coach. We want you out on the golf course. We want you helping us any way you can. We want you to do that. And, and uh, that really hit home for me. So missing these guys, it's like losing three assistant coaches. And uh, they're great players, and they, they, they back it up. But when you have that kind of leadership um, that we're going to have to replace, that's, that's going to be tough. But I can tell you this, uh, Mason Nome is ridiculously intelligent, and Travis Vick is as tough as they come. And so those two are going to be my leaders next year, and I'm looking forward to that. Now, John, this isn't TV. This is a podcast, so we can get some good follow-up questions. What's, what's the harshest thing that Cole or Pearson or Parker told you? You, know, you, you said they kind of could, could give you criticism and were free to do so. What was the, what was the well, best funny, thing maybe they told you? It's funny. You know, they would tell me, Coach, we need to talk to you. And uh, – 
and, and how are you feeling today? And I said, well, it's dependent on what you're going to tell me when we start talking. But, <laughs> but really, uh, when, when a player tells you you need to get more engaged as a coach, that, that kind of hits you in the heart because it tells you maybe you're not as engaged as you need to be. And that's my job. So that, that stings a little bit when, when, when you hear that from a player. But I also know they did it with a lot of love. They, I, I have a tremendous amount of love for my players, and, and I think it's reciprocal. I think that they really care about Pearl and I, and they want to see us have a great life too. And uh, when you got that kind of synergy, that's pretty amazing, to be quite honest with you. And, and um, so those guys are sensational and I'm going to miss them, but, but they've groomed the next group. So it's going to be fun next year. Now talking about 2012, about a month ago, you were talking about how there were all these little moments, whether it was standing on the Hill, you know, with your eyes closed, praying, and then Dylan for Telly hole and out in the second round to kind of kickstart. you. you know, just a, a bunch of these different moments. Were there any moments like that? that this I mean, year, just where it felt like there was something, some sort of divine intervention or some yeah. external force that was pushing you guys along? Yeah, I would say, well, first of all, um, I'm a believer. So I believe that things happen for a reason. And I think the good Lord is in charge and has a plan. And I, I don't, John, it's not going to be John Fields plan, whatever happens, but, um, I feel closest. It's funny. I talked to Mike Holder about this a long time ago. Um, I feel closest to my faith when I'm out on the golf course in competition. And I feel closest. My mom and dad are both gone, but I feel closest to them. And I have really good conversations with prayer and, and, and uh, my parents when I'm out there on a golf course. And that's start to finish. And this regional was intense and this NCAA was intense. So you can imagine I'm not out there thinking about just birdies and pars. Um, and then the, about eight weeks ago, um, we had a young man come in our lives like a like an angel, and that's Sonny Santrelli, 14-year-old UT Golf Club member. Um, they had gotten some clearance for him to be in the men's grill so he could be comfortable anytime because he's going through chemotherapy and he's got stage four lymphoma and he happened to be in there. And I had told the team about, um, you know, what was, what he was confronted with and, and, uh, and what his family was confronted with and told him the story, but they never met him. And Pearson Cootie was there on a Sunday afternoon, sitting down in the, uh, in the men's grill, having lunch or dinner and um, which the NCAA so graciously provides for us. And he's sitting there and he sees this 14 year old young man with no hair. So he's bald. So he knows immediately it's Sonny Santrelli and, and he asked him to come over and sit with him. So Sonny comes over and sits with him and they talk for 30 minutes. That, that that's a private conversation. I don't even know what they said, but I know it inspired Pearson because he walked out of there and with NIL, he has a connection and a, and a contract with TaylorMade. So he called those guys up and asked them, to create three wedges and a putter and they, they were gracious and did it. And then they put Sonny strong hashtag Sonny strong on the, on the, on the wedges and the putter and then put Philippians four thirteen, which is, I can do all things through Christ. 
And um, for Pearson, who is just one of the toughest guys I've ever been around, uh, 90% of the time he is just over-the-top tough, over-the-top intense. And, and I love that about him. I'd never seen the other 10%, <laughs> which was a softer heart and, and actually caring about somebody uh, and their difficulties and putting that ahead of his difficulties. And for him to do that, it, that kind of really touched Pearl and I. But what it really did is it connected the team to Sonny and his plight. And then for Sonny to show up on uh, with his family and Scottsdale at um, Greyhawk was just uh, an unbelievable occurrence. We knew that he had had chemo a couple days before he got on that plane. Um, we were told later that he had a really significant, difficult time. He was not feeling good. He was nauseous and all those different things getting on the plane. But he persevered. He got out there. And um, he was out there with us the whole time. And lo and behold, he's on the green holding the trophy and, and wearing a hat and a T-shirt, uh, which I think the team just uh, valued so much um, that they could maybe make a little bit of a difference in this young man's life. And, and, and that their play could accentuate that positive. John, that was an unexpected story you were kind enough to share with me the morning of Nationals when we had some coffee and chatted at the hotel. I appreciate you doing that. And that enabled us to not only cover your national championship, but to share the story of Sonny, to see him watching, for Billy Ray Brown to interview him. And as you told me, give this young man a moment to shine a little bit and see the relationship and say a prayer. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I teared up when you told me. I teared up when Billy Ray interviewed him. Uh, and I think it's a perfect way uh, to end our time with you today to know that while a national championship is huge for Texas and you and your guys, that it's just golf, that there are bigger and more challenging things out there for so many to deal with and for you to be able to connect the dots uh, and share that with Sonny. I thank you. Brentley thanks you. And I think the world thanks you. I had a chance to see Sonny on that green after. And all I said is, it's a pleasure to meet you. Keep fighting, young man. You're going to get through this. We're all parents now. Brentley's the newest of it. There's nothing more heartaching to seeing a, you know, a youngster struggle. So uh, in our 20-plus years of friendship, um, I thank you for continuing to entrust us to not only talk about Texas golf, but everything else that goes along with it. Well, thank you so much. Burko and, and Brantley and, and uh, know this. I mean, I really appreciate what the Golf Channel does. I really appreciate um, y'all bringing the stories to the, to the public and, and energizing college golf. It's a great time to be a collegiate golfer. It's a great time uh, for both men's and women's golf. And I'm truly excited about the future. Looking forward to getting back to Scottsdale next year and then looking forward to going to La Costa, the Omni La Costa uh, next, in 24, 25, and 26. Yeah, going to be a pleasure. Couldn't do it without you. Continue to enjoy the celebration. Really thank you for carving some time out on a busy Friday morning for you. Uh, all the best during the summer, and we'll see you out there soon, my friend. Hook em horns. Thank you. John. John Fields, the head coach of the national champs from Texas. Uh, Brentley, we could go.
for hours with Sean. He, he's phenomenal. And I thought that was the appropriate way uh, to, to end our time with him this morning. Um, wow. What, what a week on, <laughs> on so many levels. When you look at the fact that the top eight teams in the country made it to match play, you've got three of the six or eight best battling for an individual championship. I, we're not right often, but I think you and I have gone back and forth for the last eight months. Um, I'm not sure who the best team is. I think there are six or seven or eight that have a chance, and every week we would change. Oh, it's this team. It's Texas. It's Vanderbilt. It's Oklahoma. And all wait, wait, we is, we would change. You never wavered from Texas, but we never? agreed from the standpoint of <laughs> each week another team. There, there was no clear. Okay, favorite. okay, this fair was, enough. This no, was in Oklahoma State. Um, we could easily make the argument of Vandy Spring or what Oklahoma's done, or boy, hey, don't overlook Pepperdine, and they all were in match play. I mean, it was phenomenal. It, it truly, 48 hours removed, just sit back, at least I do, and say, just what John Field said, it's a hell of a time to be a college golfer, and for what we're able to provide, uh, you know, showcasing them, we're lucky, my friend, we really are. Yeah, I, I think if, if we would if we would have had the the type of shot, you know, like a Dylan Fratelli putt in 2012 or Solman Raza in 2016, or you know, kind of a memorable shot, I think a lot of people would be talking about this as maybe the best NCAA's of all time, just because, as you said, we never get the top eight teams in the country in match play. But going back to the fall, I I remember talking to all these coaches and and finding out about their team and doing the preseason rankings and all that. And I just had a feeling about Texas and, you know, we don't root for teams, but we do kind of hope that good stories present themselves at the end of the year. And to me, there was just no better story than Cole Hammer and the Cootie twins. After all their, they've been through national runner-ups as freshmen, you know, COVID, broken arms, illness, all that stuff, for them to be able to get it done, I just felt like that was the story that stood out above the rest or the potential story. So that's kind of why I went with them because I just I had that feeling that they were going to get it done. I mean, being around those guys, having a chance to go to Austin too and being around them in their element, they're three of the biggest competitors ever. I mean, the Cootie Twins – kind of speak for themselves. I mean, seeing them play each other on the ping pong table, I thought they were going to hurt each other. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but they're, these three are just, I don't think we're going to see another trio like this for a long time in college golf. There's just something special about those guys. Um, and this is just a special team. And it's one that is probably going to go down. as one of the best ones of, of all time, you know, with, Oklahoma State in 2018 and Texas in 2012. It's just, it was that good. And when it was their time to shine, they, they did so. They did. And I never questioned their talent, but I wanted to see them in a big spot step up. You know, John just talked about it. There is that pressure there of we're at Texas. This is, you know, I said it all week uh, on the pregame, the postgame, the broadcast. The window was closing. Like, there, there was no tomorrow. Uh, and, and John told me in, in, on that 18th green trophy in hand that 
that final day of stroke play was maybe one of the best rounds he's ever been a part of. And, and I agree. When I wanted that toughness, if you will, that was it. Because when that average score, Brentley, was 8, 10, 12 over, if they go that way, they're probably out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was that it was that close. And I'm not saying they were going to shoot it, but everyone else seemingly did. I mean, Oklahoma State, I believe, was like 15, 18 over that final day. So the possibility, yeah. yeah. 18 over, and Oklahoma was 15 over. Yeah, the the prospects were there, so um, happy to see it. You you knew it maybe more than I did, so uh, all the Longhorn parents were were giving me the business, (laughs) saying, oh, man. They they love doing that, yeah. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it, and they said, you're going to have to tell Brentley who's right. I said, I know, I know. know." Oklahoma uh, parents for me, Texas parents for you. But that that, that final round felt a lot like the final round in 2012 where they shot even par, which was tied for the best score of the day with San Diego State they rise from what 16th or 13th or something like that all the way to grab the third seed back in 2012. And then they use that momentum. And, and that's just, it all, that's all it takes. And to me, we, we talked so much about the three amigos. I think this was actually the bad five because you look at the final round that Mason Nome put together two under 68. That was the best uh, on the Longhorns team. He was 16 over those first three rounds before doing that. He goes out, he hits probably one of the better six irons I've ever seen on that last hole against Jonas Baumgartner of Oklahoma State in the quarters. Though it didn't matter, Jonas was looking at making a bogey or double anyways. That shot, and for Mason to be able to birdie the hole before that after losing a significant lead, to me, once they got through that, I I just, I didn't think there was anything stopping them. So um, it, it wasn't just hammer and the cooties um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team next year I mean Travis Vick's going to be back Mason's going to be back they're going to add Christian Moss from South Africa he's a much heralded freshman Alejandro Gonzalez got a little bit of opportunity and had some moments where he looked like he could be a pretty solid player in the future but it, again it's going to be I think it's going to be tough for them to repeat um, but heck when we saw Oklahoma come out and uh, after losing three All-Americans and be the number one team in the country. So anything could happen. Yeah, and even one more point as we button up the season, uh, as John told me uh, that Wednesday uh, breakfast with Burko, Travis Vick is the reason we're here. He shot 267s at regionals when there were moments where you're like, okay, let's see, let's see. So uh, I can buy into the fact that, yeah, the Fab Five, maybe they're the Ray Jackson and Jimmy King uh, you know, additions to, to Howard Weber and um, Jalen Rose for those that are old enough to remember those boys in the maize and blue. Uh, before I knew we you do, would love that reference. I love it. I love it. You know, wife's a Michigan Wolverine. I got to support him. Before we give a quick spin ahead forward, quick moment to let you know for all the kids out there, you want to get out and play more golf this summer and you can do it for less. Golf Pass makes it easier to play more and play better with a discounted Golf Pass Plus membership. You can save hundreds on tee times and bookie fees just head over to golfpass.com slash student to learn more teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference 
We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I can't believe it's all, it's over. It's over. We started this around Labor Day. We're wrapping it up around Memorial Day. Trust me, we're going to be plenty busy, but... I know you wanted to maybe take a sneak peek at a, a team or two, uh, at least in early June, that you think would be uh, the squad that could likely be holding a trophy just under 12 months from now. Yeah, so I, I know what team you you kind of bullish on and that you may want to talk about, but I, I kind of like the team that nearly won it, uh, Arizona State. Um, maybe roster won't quite be as good as Vanderbilt just on paper, but they basically, they lose Cameron Sis, they lose Mason Anderson, but you're going to get David Pooch back. Preston Summerhays showed, you know, these past six days that he is going to be a legitimate force for player of the year um, to win multiple tournaments uh, in a season, you know, beating Chris Goddard up. What was it? Six and six and five, something like that. Yeah, it was um, impressive. And when going and, and basically being five up on Joe Highsmith through 10 holes and hanging on for that, uh, he's just a special player. And I, I think he has exceeded expectations, which is hard to do for the number one ranked junior in the country, U.S. junior champion. But I, I think that Matt Thurman is that's going to be the story next year. I mean, he's had some great teams, whether it was at Washington or uh, in Tempe. And I, I think he's due. I mean, he's due for that national title. And this is a team, if, if Biostere continues to improve, they're going to add Luke Potter, um, who was the number one ranked junior for a good bit uh, of his high school career. I think Caleb Surratt from Tennessee is, is the clear uh, number one incoming freshman and a potential player of the year candidate for Tennessee. But uh, th th this is going to be a good team. Um, and I, I think Thurman's a, a great coach. I think he's a good motivator. And this, this like I said, Texas's last dance was this year. This is going to be Arizona State's last dance in terms of being able to play a national championship at home at Greyhawk. And I think that there's a good opportunity um, for, for them to end up getting the job done and, um, you know, winning in the final year before we head over to San Diego. Yeah, you referenced Vanderbilt, made it to the semis, the most consistent and dominant team in the spring. Uh, I found it intriguing that their five there this past week were a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, redshirt senior. So you're, you're going to lose a couple, but when you're bringing back Gordon Sargent and Cole Sherwood, two first-team All-America selections, there are a lot of guys back home in Nashville that are chomping at the bit. Um, they could be every bit as good as they were this year, potentially, and, and make a run to, to, to get it. We're projecting the transfer portal's already heating up there are going to be bodies going left and right, which I'm not going to lie. Should, over, we, op, should we reveal a big name that just went in there? Should we, should we do that for the pod? Is this what we call a cliffhanger on the last pod of the spring season? And then we'll pick it up in three months to see where he goes. <laughs> hey, yeah. yes. If it's public information, go for it. Yeah. Uh, Pepperdine's Dylan Minetti is officially in the portal. Have had a few coaches, uh, you know, screenshot the, his name in there. So he is, he is officially in there and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. And gosh, it's uh Pepperdine that uh, Joey Versich leaving uh, they're, they're losing a couple guys. And with obviously 
their assistant coach, Blaine Woodruff, just got hired at uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. So he'll be the head coach there. Uh, so well-deserved hire. Um, and, and Blaine's done a great job. Uh, so Pepperdine's going to have some work to do to try to rebuild that lineup. But yeah, with Dylan Minetti in the portal, I think there's some teams out there um, that could definitely use a player like that in their lineup. Uh, you know, you look at a team, as I said, like Texas, that could be needing a, you know, a fifth guy, not that he would be the fifth guy on that team, but a fifth um, guy. You look at a team like Oklahoma that just lost to uh, first team All-Americans, Haskins Award finalists. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of teams at Arizona state could use them as well. So, um, that's, that's probably one of the bigger names and that could be the, the diamond of this year's transfer class. Yeah. We will have to see how that all plays out over the coming months. But, uh, most importantly, we thank everyone for listening for the last eight, nine, 10 months. Is this College it? Golf Is this Doug. last one this, for a while? This, this feels like it's it. If there's breaking news <laughs> or a lot happens, maybe we pop up in the summer, but, but odds are we'll return, you know, around that Labor Day to get a good firm handle on the upcoming season. Rose Zhang telling us the other day, she's coming back for another year at Stanford, not only huge for the Cardinal and, and women's college golf, but uh, I just think it's good. I think it's good to know that the best uh, isn't in a big rush to go play professionally. So I think that's a good sign. Um, a lot's happened in the last nine or 10 months. Most importantly, you became a father. Enjoy the uh, continued ups and downs of parenthood, but uh, have a good summer. All those that like to listen, we thank you. We'll be back in the fall and uh, we'll rip roar through another co college golf season because you blink your eyes quickly. The break between now and September is shorter than most teams have between the fall season and the spring season. So we know it's going to happen quickly. I didn't think about that. That is true. Yeah. yeah. You start crunching numbers. I'm going to be, I'm going to have to start my preseason uh, research here in like a couple of days. Once we get through golf's longest day, which a ton of college players playing in that, including Cole Hammer, Pearson Cootie up in Columbus. So um, we'll see if they can get back to the U S open, but yeah, it's only, I, I'm trying to do quick math here. I mean, how many days are we inside a hundred days? Yeah. I'd say be, it's, right? Yeah. Uh, it's about a hundred days. And then again, you go from mid November to like early February. It's, it's virtually the same. So going to be a lot of fun. We will continue to monitor if we need to jump on for an emergency pod. We will, if not, we'll see you back in the fall for the final time of the 2021, 2022 season for Brentley Umberco. Thanks so much for listening. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.